0: In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today's reading is from the Gospel of uh, Luke chapter 10. And the context here is that the disciples, they just returned from their um, evangelism mission. They opened up to Jesus regarding their experiences. And Jesus glorifies the Father because of his joy in seeing the disciples coming to know the mysteries of God. And so why does he rejoice? It's because the disciples subjected themselves to the mystery of God by faith, as was said in the scripture, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. So Jesus then says in today's gospel, what we now pray as the litany of the gospel, many prophets and righteous men have desired to see what you see and have not seen it and so forth. So of course the characteristics that Jesus rejoices in, we want to know what they are so we may please him so that our spiritual lives are fulfilled. And he gives the answer to that, which is this, the latter part of the gospel reading, in which we read, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, lawyer, an expert of the, of the law, of the, um, of the Jewish law, and tested him, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in your law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul all of your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly, do this, and you will live. And so, as we know, in multiple parts of the Gospels, there is this question, or what are the greatest of all of the commandments, right? We like to be concise, okay, because uh, God gave his people 613 laws, okay? So he gives us two, okay, but there's a lot to unpack in these two commandments which encompass all of the commandments. And on a, side, on a side note, we can look at the laws and the commandments in three categories. Civil laws, how the community should deal with, with each other under certain circumstances. Then there's the ceremonial laws, those related to the offerings and sacrifices, um, which is now replaced by the Eucharistic offering with Jesus as the new sacrifice. And then the moral laws, with the, what is good and what is evil. So since God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then the moral laws don't change, and those commandments remain. But of course, the ceremonial laws, again, replaced with Christ after his suffering, and then the civil laws don't apply because we're not an Israelite state. Anyway, so the two commandments that Jesus always speaks to us about is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, your strength, and all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. He says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Basically, the intentions of the laws and the prophets are all in these two commandments. And it sounds simple, which it is to a degree, but we have to ask what it means to love God, what it means to love our neighbors, because Christian love is not what secular love is. If we confuse them, it'll be hard for us and the world to experience and share love as was intended. And this came to my mind when I was eating a piece of chocolate cake in Portugal. (laughs) And it's because in Portugal, there are no plastic utensils, okay? And so what, but they have enough toxic paint to graffiti the whole country, but there's no plastic. Anyway, they give you wooden utensils. Have you seen the wooden utensils? Yeah? Okay. So you eat a piece of chocolate cake, and what happens is you end up eating chocolate plywood, okay? So it imparts a flavor, its own flavor, that I'm not able to experience the cake as it was intended to, for me to taste. So not only does it hurt me as the one who is tasting this cake, I don't get to eat the cake the way it was intended, Nor is it pleasing to the one who made the cake. Because the one who made the cake made it specifically to taste the cake and not the plywood. And so it's important for us to be plastic and not wood, okay? And so God gave us not just what is love, but how to love. Because love is not words, but love is action, love is doing. And the lack of love is is to not do. In the first epistle of St. John, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So love deals with doing and revealing truth. It's an action, it's a choice. Love is doing, love is bringing out truth. So where does God give this to us? And it may sound elementary in the beginning, but it is in the Ten Commandments. This is the code for our spiritual lives. And many of us maybe probably forgot the Ten Commandments. Um, and we think about how we learned them in elementary. But I'll reflect in a bit on how the simple things are, the life-giving ones. But let's first put the commandments into context. The Ten Commandments are so distinct. Because it was said about the commandments that these not simply that these were the words of God, but that the tablets were written by the finger of God. There was something unique about the commandments. Now, as we reflect on them, there are two words that frequently are used around the commandments. When God gives His commandments, there are two words that are used so frequently. Holy and careful. Holy and careful. Holy means to be separated for God to be separated from sin, and to be separated for God. Sometimes even the introduction to the Pauline epistle is that Paul who is separated for the gospel of God. Every single one of us is separated for something. But in the commandments, there's also the separation from something and to God. And of course, careful is to emphasize the seriousness of the commandments. Even we read in one, in one of the readings today about how if I, if I break one of the laws, I've broken all of the laws. It's sort of a very scary thought. But that's why God constantly uses the word careful. Be careful. Now we can use it even in the con- think of this in the context of even the Eucharist. If one of, if somebody took one of those, the bread in the basket, took the wine, and spilled it, it's fine. It's bread and wine. But if I consecrate it, if it is a consecrated, it is separated. It is no longer just any bread, nor longer is it just any wine. And so it is set apart. I look to it with with care. It is sanctified. So the first four commandments we can look are focused on how to love God. And then the last six commandments we can look to are how to love our neighbor. We can consider it as our piety towards God and our righteousness towards our neighbor. And so very quickly, we read the commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, when we, read the, when we look at the Ten Commandments, we see like four or five words. We sort of see a, uh, just a list. But God always, when he has given us his commandments, never gave us the commandments just to read them as a list. But he wanted us to, to, to understand them deeper. What is the deeper meaning? It's kind of like if, if, a, if you're a parent and you give your child a simple command, clean your room. It's more than just cleaning your room. It's respecting your room. It's respecting your space. It's respecting, it's respecting your home. There's more to just the commandment. And so you shall have no other gods before me. So setting apart God above all things in my life, loving Him by granting Him the sacrifices that I wouldn't do for anyone or for anything else. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, recognizing that all things that I contribute to, that I produce, that I work in, shouldn't take my worship or glory away from God. So it's to love him by recognizing that all my achievements, my work, my fruits are for his glory and not for mine. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. To bring sanctity to God's name, not to profane it, which is where we get profanity from. To separate his name apart from all names and all words as a reflection of my respect and my honor, loving him by honoring his name. Remembering the Sabbath to keep it holy. Well, he's speaking about time. Time is holy. There's the sanctity of time. The seventh day is a holy day, the time that I have set apart for God, a time not to desecrate or to profane it by using the time for something else. So loving him by giving him my dedicated time. And then we have the other six, which are for our neighbor which is interesting why there would be more commandments towards on how to love God how to love more commandments in loving how to love our neighbor than loving God but we'll get to that in a little bit honor your father your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you father and motherhood are holy loving your parents and respecting your parents our sacri- for their sacrifices and their labor in raising you. Instead of us criticizing our parents, but honoring our parents and, and loving them by, by, by recognizing the sanctity of motherhood and fatherhood. And also for us as parents to, our, to honor our role as called by God, even if society tries to blur those roles. You shall not murder. So to see the sanctity of human life, not to treat life with little regard, even if someone is evil towards us. To see all humanity as worthy and in need of eternal life. So to love them by seeing value in them, even when there seems not to be much value. You shall not commit adultery, adultery from adulterated relationships, Sanctity of matrimony between one man and one woman. Setting yourself apart from other women and setting yourself for your wife and vice versa for the woman. So loving my neighbor by establishing boundaries in my marriage and in my friendships. You shall not steal to set apart my trust in God regarding my circumstances in this world. What I have and what I don't have I can love my neighbor by trusting that whatever gifts that, they, that God has given them is a gift from God. And whatever I have is gifted to me from God. And whatever I don't have is gifted to me from God. You shall not covet your neighbor's house or your neighbor's wife. Sanctity of the things that belong to someone else. And not to even have the desire in our hearts for someone else's spouse or possessions. So loving others by rejoicing in their blessings... And also being content. The obedience to God's commandment is such an important part of our spiritual life because we don't realize the mystical union that flows from my obedience to the commandments. And interestingly enough, that the only other time that Jesus said that for me to abide in you and for you to abide in me, do you remember when was the other, when was one time that he spoke about this? When did he say, do this and I will abide in you and you in me? The Eucharist, right? The Last Supper. He says the same thing. The only other time that he says this, he says the same thing about following his commandments. Follow my commandments and I will abide in you and you in me. But why does God's commandments always include this condition of loving neighbor and not just to love God? There was one time Jesus, he graced the nun by appearing to her. And he was speaking to her about our spiritual life. And God spoke to her about how we love God. And he told her, and I'm, I'm just paraphrasing, that he asks of us to love him the way he loves us, but he says we're not able to do that for him. Because he loves us without being loved. And as we read in the Gospels that that we love God because he loves us first. So he says we can't do that for him because we do it more out of a duty. So he says that's why I have put you among your neighbors. So you can do for them what you cannot do for me. To love without profit and without thanks. Okay, but How do I know if my love is perfect or not? And he says to her, If you're distressed about not receiving thanks from another person, or they're not returning your love, or feeling that they love someone more than you, not giving you enough attention, then I can know that my love is still imperfect. So why does God ever allow us to be hurt by others? Because they are opportunities to love people who don't deserve love. They don't deserve love from our perspective. And therefore that love extends to God as an expression of a gratuitous or a free love towards God. You don't like your family? Well, there you go. Your spouse is annoying you? Well, there you go. Children, you feel like your parents are mean and unfair to you? Well, there you go. We have so many wonderful opportunities in our life to love God and to love our neighbor, and we reflect on how we can love. Holiness is possible for every human in the world because there will always be a neighbor that we can love. And it's probably the person sitting right next to you. And by that neighbor, God will know that I love him freely. We pray that God grant us his promise when he said, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. To him be the glory both now and ever and unto the ages of all ages. Amen.